On this episode, Eric, founder and CEO of Hawk Media and I dive into Land Rover's COVID-19 campaign where they have a picture of a Land Rover out in the out in the boonies, out in the wilderness, and this says practicing social distancing since 1948. He does a great job of breaking down why this campaign worked when it worked. Plus, you're also going to hear about the underbelly of these larger mid-market and enterprise-level ad agencies that are actually floating their clients' ad spend, meaning they're actually paying to the tune of tens of millions of dollars for their clients in ads and then waiting sometimes upwards of 90 to 120 days to get that spend back plus their agency fee. And you'll hear about why this is absolutely ludicrous and how you should avoid this at all costs and how you can actually make money by solving this problem for your clients. So without further ado, let's dive in to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. Yeah, so I'm going to start with that asterisk that like, I think 99% of ad agencies don't help their clients. And so let's just take them off the table. So I don't think like the future of agency, I think is the same as it is now, because I think it's mostly uninnovative, like poorly run businesses, but the ones that are doing really good work that are going to come ahead, I think have and will think about the whole business of their client, not just the CAC that they're getting on Facebook. You're listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast. We've got a phenomenal, uh, well-known guest uh, today. I'm super excited to have on Eric Uberman, CEO and founder of Hawk Media, who really needs no introduction, but Hawk's been around the game for almost seven years now, I think, Um, based out of LA, managing, I think I want to say over $100 million a year in ad spend, and works with clients across dozens of different verticals, scaled a ton of e-commerce brands. I'm excited to dive into it. Eric, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So give everybody a little taste of, of what you're up to these days. I think most of the people listening on the show, you know, understands that that Hawk is uh, uh, an outsource CMO for your marketing agency, uh, or is a marketing agency as your outsource uh, CMO. But what what's the latest for with you guys? Like, what what are you doing now? And where are you taking things uh, to the next level? Yeah, we're you know scaling, growing. Thankfully, like you know, we are we're built to be remote. So we we weren't remote before all this, but it hasn't really done anything but helped us. And so we're actually bringing people on in a lot of major cities around the country and really scaling up our team, uh, building out more offerings, you know, outperforming what we had done before, which was already pretty good. So things are going really well. We're growing fast. That's awesome, man. So I, uh, I, I, I want to know, why you started an ad agency? I, I, I feel like uh, we've we've got a large audience of ad agencies listening here, and a lot of them aspire to 
build the next uh, hawk me to hear this all, all the time from folks that are maybe doing, you know, seven, uh, maybe are, you know, starting to approach eight figures. But talk to us about like how 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 did you end up starting Hawk and um, and why is it, why are you still doing it today? Seven years is a long time to be doing uh, uh, anything. Yeah, I, I think masochism is a part of it. You know, I just like getting. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it honestly, it came from built. I built and sold two e-commerce companies. I just frankly hate most agencies out there. I think 99% of them are full of shit and have no idea how to actually scale a business. And this is someone coming from someone that has actually done it for myself. And so I was advising and consulting for a bunch of businesses and just found that everybody deals with this problem that the agency landscape out there sucks. And so decided to do something about it and uh, started building my own little SWAT team to help companies and then just scaled from there. Now, now seven years later, and a hundred and seventy people later, good place, you know. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So let's dive into this rich yet, man. I'm excited to see uh, what you sent over. Let's 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 pull it up. It's it's very COVID friendly. I mean, from the first yeah. look I had it, I loved it. I was like, oh man, they're killing with the times going on. Yep. And they, I'd say when it went out, if they put that out today, they would be done. Do I don't want to hear about fucking social distancing anymore. <laughs> yeah, so give everybody some context. The brand behind it, kind of what, it, what does it mean to you? Yeah, so a few things. One, uh, the timing of it, I think, is key. They really knew what their audience was going through at the time. You know, this is right early COVID. Everyone just got put into quarantine. It was, I think, like a week or two in where it's like, oh shit, this might last a little while and I haven't seen the sky and I'm not supposed to go outside. And like, it was like, you know, for the people that took this seriously, it was like peak. I'm not allowed to do anything but sit in my house. Like I got to be worried if I'm even getting someone to like deliver the mail. Like I, there was a point where I know mo- a lot of people like wiping their mail down with wipes just in case the COVID was on it. Like we still had no idea how contagious this was. And so it's like, stay home. And so this was a perfect ad of like, you, a beautiful shot of nature, which anyone that likes nature and fit that is, it, you know, it, it's going to trigger something for them. Uh, it's a calming message of, you know, practicing social distancing since 1948. Basically, Land Rover is saying like, hey, 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 you're all new to this, but don't worry, we got you, which is exactly what people wanted to hear at that time was like, everything's falling apart. Like, can we have some, you know, beacon of light, some confidence here? And boom, here's Land Rover saying like, we've been doing this for a long time. Don't stress it. We'll get into nature soon. And it, it honestly, even for me, sparked the idea of like, oh, yeah, social distancing doesn't mean necessarily just walking yourself in your house. It can be going camping, going to a national park, which, by the way, if you haven't heard, national parks are absolutely fucking flooded right now because everybody took that idea. And <laughs> wow. I think Land Rover originated it, but they were one of the first people to mention it for sure. And um, it, it was just like, again, there were this beacon of light at a time when people needed it. They said it early. This was when social distancing was just a brand new term. And like that, that's the thing. Wait three weeks on that ad and you look at it and you roll your eyes and go, you too, like Jesus Christ. Like I, I saw a blog post today um, of just like a list of all the people that said we're in this together. And it was like, <laughs> it's pretty fucking awful how many companies. <laughs> it's like when all the celebrities sang from their mansions, uh, what was it, Dreamer or something? Like I forgot what they uh thing but it was like they all sang a song on instagram or tiktok whatever it was it was like oh thanks guys you're we're all in this together are we yeah you're nine thousand square foot house <laughs> like it was yeah yeah 
Well, um, I mean, so Eric, you know a thing or two about operationalizing marketing, right? And the timing of this is is what's so magical, right? Like right. in a matter of weeks, you have a really large brand taking massive action, right? So like walk us through, I mean, with, with Hawk, you guys, you guys deal with this all the time, right? Like what does it actually take to operationalize something like that, to see a trend, to hop on it, to execute it on it, and then put enough juice behind it to where it has a meaningful impact? Well, no, I think it's trust in their social team because that's who put it out was their social team. And like someone mm. somewhere put a process in place at Land Rover that allowed for a little bit of autonomy because there's no way that ran through legal and that ran through everything. Like there's no way that they took time on that. Someone just ran with that for sure. And so it's, it's it. a testament to they built a process that they could trust their people in a lot of ways. That's awesome. I thought it was actually like a full-blown ad campaign, but you're saying this was like a social post. It was a social post like, that they then boosted. Like, got straight. it wow got it make or break it yep. <laughs> that yeah that's so cool i mean it reminds me of like the 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 peloton um <laughs> that just totally tanked and yeah. um Which, by the uh, way sorry it was so unfair like that turned into like that was like one of the first witch hunts of the year where it's like i get that it was a weird commercial but like it didn't it, how they people took it went so beyond how bizarre it was like it was a little bit of a weird commercial it wasn't that bad. Like it was bad. Don't get me wrong. It was a bad commercial, but the fact that it became headline news was ridiculous. Yeah, but like, uh, what what was uh what was the the uh was it like a vodka company that like spun up the aviation gin? Yeah, Ryan yes, Reynolds. yes. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's Ryan I mean, Reynolds. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just one of the best comedians and creatives like ever. But I'm just saying, like. The fact that they were able to respond like so quickly um, and get so much juice off of that. Uh, they just sold the company. He just made a boatload of money too. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's a testament of like one of these campaigns, you know, over a 12 month period that has that kind of staying power, you know, can lead to some pretty amazing exits in a relatively, you know, short amount of time. Yep. Right. Like, who, who the heck was aviation before Ryan Reynolds started like coming up with all that crazy creative? He helped start it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Go for it. Child. But yeah, no. He, oh no, he did not. He actually tried it and loved it, and that's how. Yeah, his agent's a friend, so I was hearing the whole story. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I love it. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Nash's Ad Card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an ad agency that manages seven or even eight figures a year in media and ad spend for your clients, and you're looking to double your profits over the next six to 12 months, then check out Ad Card. See, the typical agency model is this. You charge 10% of your spend, and you make 10 to 20% margin at the end of the day. So that's really one to 2% of your client's spend that is profit in your business. The easiest way to double that is to really find a way to earn in that one to 2% cash back of the card that is on file of your client's ad account. And before ad card, what you had to do was invoice all your clients for their ad spend up front, which is really difficult on a cash flow basis and very difficult ask. And then you had to put the card on your own Amex, or whatever card of choice to get that level of value back into your business. With AdCard, it's entirely different and streamlined. You simply get your clients on AdCard and make yourself the agency of record, and you'll get the cash back as long as you're managing the ad spend. It's a great way to double your profit without doing any additional work. Check it out at FunnelDash.com. Uh, let's, let's dive into support ads. 
it's true. Where 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 you find this? Yeah, you know, I find these all over the web. Sometimes Reddit, sometimes Facebook groups, but this one just really stood out to me. You know, it was really thumb stopping from just how terrible it was. Um, I don't even know. It's a beauty place in Concord, but they're breaking a lot of rules. Twenty percent text rules. A lot of great deals and offers on this ad, but it's a great ad personally. I'm I'm ready to buy. Human hair or not, but I'm hey, going It's a hundred percent at least. You know, it's not that ninety-five percent stuff. Half no, horse hair. Well, I was trying to figure out like why is a hundred percent human hair cheaper than whatever a wig is? Oh man, you're getting yeah. deep in this. I didn't even catch no, that I mean, part. Hey, listen, you know, I read this. Now, the big thing I would say, like from just getting real with this, is the first thing you're going to notice here is that there's a grand reopening. So something closed and it's reopening, and that's the main point of this. Which, yeah, I don't know. And I, I by the way, w- let's take the like who posted it out. If I was just reading this banner, I have no idea what the company is. Is it Alba Marley? Right. Yeah. Or yeah. Is this one? Or is it so- Concord? No, it's in Concord. <laughs> it's just a really bad use of like there was no like design elements of like what is the headline like like, people here like don't understand what the headline is but i mean if you even go further i mean this is a this is a classic mistake right like what is the offer these guys have like four offers all crammed into offer it's like a wig human hair branding hair (laughs) i mean you know there's plus some like some other bonuses in there lip gloss here which i don't again i don't know i guess they're beauty supplies so lip gloss makes sense but why an inklet earrings i know i know (laughs) I mean, just break. It, it's a foundational like marketing principle, right? Like, just focus on one offer, yeah. one headline, and uh, they were just like, "Well, we're not confident in the first one, the second one, or the third one." Hey, maybe they might want twenty bucks in a surprise. Well, and they like they start with an offer. Like, I mean, wigs starting at five ninety nine. That's not an offer. You just told me your price. What wig? I don't even. <laughs> and by the way, there's no images of any of the products. So, like, again, grand reopening is the main point that is from a design standpoint that is here. And if you're Grand Rio, then that's assuming, I guess, they're going to show this to people that know them. We're back, which is cool. Like, great. Totally. But then uh, you don't need to tell me that your wig started at 5 because apparently I already know you. If I don't know you, then I don't give a shit that it's your Grand Reopening. I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I, what I would have done on the creative is I would have gone more geo, right? Like, if it's in Concord, Grand Opening, I would have had, like, a picture of the store, like, yep. something, like, that to... to like grab the eye of somebody that lives in concord right and it's like oh okay i'm gonna like drive over to this spot um i don't need to know <laughs> that there's a wheel of prizes at the great opening it's like overkill i mean 50 cents for braiding hair though i mean it's kind of a good deal though uh, it's all you, it's all, it's all you. <laughs> well, hey you know talk about a poor it's ad you can make a powerpoint price work is it like one braid is 50 cents that's what i, I mean you really got to dive into this and if yeah. i'm just I'm, 20 bucks now am i getting 40 braids to get my 20 dollars to spin the wheel to get my free whip cost is that how this is working yeah somebody needs to talk to them and say hey look the point of an ad is to drive the click like we shouldn't even be having these conversations right if you're looking at an ad and we're having these level of conversations like you're, you're clearly i'm trying to understand it i want to know who alba marley is or what alba marley is because it sounds like i'm left out of a club and i want the special discount mm-hmm. so am i not allowed to get the special discount because i don't i'm not part of the secret club because then fuck dissent that's all i'm saying <laughs> Oh, man, this is how to build an uh, ad on PowerPoint 101 here. Uh, so good. That's so good. I think this would be I hard love to build it. on PowerPoint. They use some great word art, but like, I, I don't know that I could recreate this in PowerPoint. It'd be difficult. <laughs> it takes some time. Yeah. <laughs> if someone put time it's into t- it. That's the thing. Is someone absolutely <laughs> spent some real time on this. Because they pulled different colors. They've got the Halloween grand reopening. 
along with like the red and like they they really thought someone did spend real thought on this and that's <laughs> it's not that's the worst probably, part. i hope it's not someone in marketing but someone probably that did, frankly couldn't afford to or couldn't uh grab someone else or didn't have someone they knew that how to do this and they're like i'm just going to do it which power to them i actually like the initiative oh the click-through <laughs> rates the click-through rate would just probably be I, I would imagine decent with like what is this let me click on it to see what happens yeah. you know so i mean who knows yeah. oh my god it's like that pattern interrupt it's almost jarring that you're like i guess i gotta uh, do because now i'm gonna our way now i'm gonna have to figure out what the fuck this is album our way let's see what this is it's a global specialty chemicals company now i'm concerned <laughs> <laughs> this human hair is not 100 at all yeah <laughs> what if, so if you're chemical customer you get if you're buying lithium or bromine you you can uh get a discount on your wig <laughs> i don't know dude oh my gosh okay that was fun thank you eric for entertaining us <laughs> well, yeah, you did a, this was honestly one of my favorite roasts um <laughs> just because that's awesome people actually spent time with this we never even addressed that on all the other formats let's do this together like just throw this up there like they really like there are many colors in there there's a lot of there's a lot going on oh my gosh well moving on as fun as that was uh you know the show is all about bridging finance and, and and marketing and uh what i'd love to hear from you eric or some of the, the the financial principles of how does Hawk help their clients, you know, in this area? Uh, we've talked with a- agencies that are like, hey, that's not my problem. Like, you know, let let my clients like worry about their cash flows, how they're funding acquisition, yeah. how they're funding growth. You know, but you and I have had pretty, pretty extensive conversations around like where you want to go with Hawk and, and, mm-hmm. and the future of Hawk Financial and like, how do you see the future's role of, of ad agencies and their involvement in helping their clients like fund growth? Yeah. So I'm going to start with that asterisk that like, I think 99% of ad agencies don't help their clients. And so let's just take them off the table. So I don't no. think like the future of agency, I think is the same as it is now, because I think it's mostly uninnovative, like poorly run businesses, but the ones that are doing really good work that are going to come ahead, I think ha- have and will think about the whole business of their client, not just the CAC that they're getting on Facebook. Meaning, if you even look at the big guys, WP, Omnicom, et cetera, they've been in the business of financing their clients forever. Like they're, they're, they're providing net terms on ad spend. They're doing things like that. So it's one yep. way that the problem is, if you don't have an eight million, eight, sorry, eight billion dollar balance sheet or something ridiculous, you can't really yeah. afford to do that because if you're a smaller, mid-sized agency, mm-hmm. let's say you sign Nike and they want you to spend twenty million dollars in ad spend for them, but they want to pay you on net one twenty, which this happens to agencies, they'll do oh, yeah. it, and then one twenty days will pass, and Nike will decide to pay it month late. This isn't literal. I don't know that Nike's ever paid late, but I know many big brands do, and so yeah the company goes bankrupt because now they can't stay above water. They've fronted more money than they could ever afford. We've, we're doing a lot of M&A in agencies and we see this happen with agencies coming to us all the time. We had one, they, ha- they did, uh, they were doing about a million a month in revenue and we're 20 million in debt on client spend. Wow. And couldn't get it paid. So what, so let's break this down for a second because yeah. there's, there's two schools of thought, you know, in the agency realm, which is 
I'm going to bill my, or maybe, well, there's more than two. <laughs> I'm already thinking of like a handful, but like, let's just say there's bill my client up front so that I, I'm not ending up in that situation, which is not great for the client because they get like negative flow. Then there's, I'm going to front that the spend and then I'm going to bill my client, which is what you just talked about. And yeah. then there's like, I don't want to touch it, put my client's card on file, you yep. know, that's, that's, that's their role. So let's talk about the middle because I think the mi- that, that middle use case of the agency fronting the spend, I think is really much more common at the mid-market enterprise level agencies right. and dealing with bigger budgets, which is surprising because that's like an insane amount of risk that you're taking. So w- like, why is that happening at the mid-market and, and help shed some light there for some of the smaller agencies that, that haven't quite experienced this problem? Yeah, I mean, it's just every big company has been around a long time, like right now, interest rates are zero. So keeping cash is actually kind of stupid. Like there's no reason to be just sitting on cash. It's basically based on inflation, you're just losing money. But still, you know, policy wise, big companies are taught keep as much cash as possible. Because when you're talking, let's say, interest rates were where they were in the past, and you're at like 5% to give easy numbers, and you're talking about a $10 million ad spend. Well, that's, what is that, $50,000 a year. So you're still talking about four grand a month in income I can make on that just by not giving it to you. And that's 10 million bucks. Budgets get a lot bigger than that. But let's just talk about $10 million. I'm going to make four grand a month not giving it to you and letting you spend it. So if I have, if I delay four months and you go spend it, I just made 16,000 bucks in terms of interest payments alone, let alone the working capital benefits of that where I can actually use it for other things while... I don't pay you. So for big companies, when you're talking about scale, it's meaningful. If you're spending 10 grand, well, the 50 bucks I'm going to make a month not giving it to you, well, fuck it. Like that's, and that's again, when we're at 5% interest. So like right. not, not as big of a deal or but, you know, again, 40, but $41. So, and this is uh, rampant in, 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 in TV and like radio, right? Yeah, like it, just, it, it was just a common practice in TV and radio and old school marketing, because you're talking about really big budgets. And it, mm-hmm. and they, you know, at some point, someone asked for net terms, and it went thirty days, and sixty days, and ninety days, and also, you know, agencies get put in a rock and a hard place where, the, you know, if, you know, you're dealing with again, I'm just using Nike as the example because they're big and they spend a lot on marketing, but if they tell you, you know what, we're going to either pay you ninety days after you spend it, or we're going to find another agency, someone's desperate enough to take that money. Now, do I think it's the best move for Nike to put their agency in a risky place? No. But usually CFOs are making that decision, not CMOs. Yeah. What what level of scale do you see this happening with with some of the conversations you're you're having at Hawk? Like where because this is not happening like in the world of e-com, right? Because <laughs> like, like the brand wants to own the ad account. <laughs> they're like throwing up their cart, you know, their card on file. They're they're working out their own terms. Um, but like at what level of scale do you do you see this pop up? Uh it's not really scale. I mean, it's, it's definitely mid, you know, mid five figure spends at least like no one's going to ask you to front five grand and pay you in net terms when they do like they're a bullshit company, like run, <laughs> um, but mid, mid five figures, you start usually, and again, it's not really necessarily a scale, always a scale thing. We have fortune one hundreds that pay us on time and ahead of time and don't ask for this shit. It's, it's literally individual culture and policy. A lot of like, foundations and things that we work with that like are a little more old school in the way they operate are ones that ask. So we have a, uh, yeah, a few of our clients that are like old school like that. And we, the way we've worked around it, cause we won't do that. We're not going to get into net terms is we basically say, fine, we can kick off a month late 
and then you get your net terms and you're going to, but you are not going to start spending money until you've already paid for it. Yeah. 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 I love it. I mean, this is, I mean, I'm going to, I've been doing all kinds of uh, live native advertisements for, for <laughs> ad card here, but like this was one of the use cases for, for ad card was, uh, is to be able for a agency to be able to send their client like to ad card, the client to be able to put their funding source on, on file you know, yeah. in the agency's ad account so that the agency is not taking the credit risk or the default risk yeah. you know, in the middle, but the agency still gets to participate in the cash back and the interchange on the upside, right? So there's, like a, there's a little bit of juice um, there in terms of like wanting to squeeze out. And, and honestly, I've seen agencies, yeah, I've seen agencies literally double, double their profit just off of figuring out how they can earn one to two percent cash back on their clients' ad spend. <laughs> like, uh, well, but is it worth I mean, credit I risk? Saying, I, I disagree. For ad spend, if that's the case, <laughs> but but listen, it's still oh double the profit. Yeah, that's actually very fair. Like they could, I, I could see that if you're an ad agency, you charge let's say an average ten percent uh, right. to manage ads. Your EBIT does twenty percent. Right. That's two percent of ad spend. If you add another two percent of ad spend in cash back, you just fucking doubled your profit. That's exactly. That's so yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I love it. So 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 what's the what's the what's the takeaway here, right? <laughs> so for like, there's a takeaway for an agency, yeah. which is like, don't do this. But like, what's the takeaway for the brand? Like, do this or like, what for the brand bring, again? Bring I, so the takeaway for me with working capital with a brand, the other piece is a lot of times it in almost all the time the payback period for a good marketing campaign is you know, depending on the product can be a month, two months, three months that you actually make the money back and the returns back. So again, from a working capital standpoint, sometimes you're putting out money that you don't see the returns on for months. So if you can find ways to build uh, cash flow management around it, which again, can be credit, can be debt, can be, uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But one of which is exactly what you guys do at Funnel Dash. Like that, that is super helpful on the working capital side. That's why we've been interested in it is because it's not really about like, I don't have money to scale my business. So I'm going to take out debt. It's that money, I know that my ads are working, but it, you know, every time I scale, I have to wait three months for it to scale for the returns to scale. So I'm yep. just going to take out some form of debt to accelerate that, so that I can scale faster than my working capital allows. The same way people factor invoices, the same way people, you know, finance their uh, supply chain. It's the same thing with advertising. Like from the time you order and have to pay a manufacturer for your product to the time you get to sell it is usually some period of time. So getting financing around that period really can help a business scale appropriately. Same thing with advertising. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the agency really takeaway here is, is twofold that if your client's really pushing you for you to take terms on their media, that that should be a massive red flag. Like, yes, you can offer net 30 terms on your services, but I would not put yourself in a position where you're fronting the ad spend and offering net 90, 120. I don't care how large the client is. <laughs> I would never do that. I would, I would force the client to really, or like, or not, not force the client, and, like, and just say, hey, go figure this out. But the the right agency partner should bring that to the table. And I think that's what you're on to, Eric, with, with with Hawk is like, this is a real problem. Solve that, but put the credit exposure and the risk on the the client. And that really, the 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 agency, um, I think the opportunity for them is probably making some margin on facilitating that, that process, but then also facilitating, um, 
you know, at the card transaction level of like, it doesn't matter like who's funding it, like what card it goes on and, and earning some of that, that cash back at the card level is a, is a pretty like small knob to turn to, to double your, to, to double your profit. Um, so that, this was epic. I think that's phenomenal advice, Eric. And I appreciate you having that perspective of, you know, what you're seeing yeah. crumble a lot of agencies and maybe, if you've done this and you're an ad agency and you're suffering from cash flow, uh, talk to Eric at Hawk Media, who will buy your agency <laughs> and solve this problem for you. <laughs> I do do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> wrapping the show up, Eric, let's get, get, get give us the pitch on uh, how people can get in touch. What are you up to next? Um, and and feel free to offer a blatant pitch or that uh, you know that yeah, you're looking no, to acquire yeah. agencies. <laughs> Yeah, no, on the agency side, yeah, always happy to talk if agencies are looking, like agency founders are looking to scale a lot faster than they can do on their own. We've got a massive sales and marketing effort. We're doing a ton to expand and are looking for good partners to do so with. So we've done four acquisitions, gone really well, looking for more. Um, that's that pitch, so to speak. It's a really heavy one. Um, yeah. <laughs> the other thing, we, we have e-commerce week LA coming up September 28th through October 2nd. So if you go to ecommerceweek.la, um, that's going to be a really fun event. Got about 10, we're expecting about 10,000 attendees. So should be exciting. And uh, what else is happening? Um, that's, those are the two cool things. I mean, growing the business fast and doing a bunch of stuff to give back to the community and bring it together. That's awesome, man. Well, Eric, you've been an amazing guest. You always over deliver. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoorad.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funnel-dash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ad book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoorad.com to leave a review, go to richadpoorad.com slash review. Thanks again.